Dora Dam, organized confusion, stress the extinction agenda. Spaghetti and wheatballs. Beats and Easter podcast. We're back at it again. Another episode, another week. I am still old head ed, aka at energy, aka at energia, bebiendo una cerveza fría for my Spanish speaking people. And like I said, this is Bruce Beats and Eats. Thank you for tuning in again. And once again, I have a, I have a special guest. And we're going to get into everything he knows, how we met. We're going to talk it up like we always do. And then we're going to get their opinion on beers, get their opinion on music, and get their opinion on food. So um, it's this is another one of those where it's hard to introduce because there's so much that could be said about my guest. Uh, but I'd rather let him say it. Uh, this gentleman here, uh, I met years ago when I wasn't an old head Ed. It was more just like Ed and uh, <laughs> Ed Energy, Ed energy uh, in, my, in my, my burgeoning rap career, during my burgeoning rap career. Yeah, that didn't go too far. But anyway, uh, met this met this met this man uh, years ago and uh, established a hell of a relationship, and I'm glad we did. Um, slowly but surely, it, it, it bloomed and blossomed. Uh, it was nurtured. Uh, he started. He was making shirts when I met him. Continued to make shirts. Was a creative dude. Um, kind of helped me with my creativeness, if that's a word. You know what? I'm just gonna end it there. <laughs> this is Skins. I got Skins in the house. Anybody in South Florida knows who Skins is. Danny peace, Skins. Peace. What's going Danny on, my Skins. man? Chilling, brother. Thanks for having me. No, thanks for being on, man. I know this is something that uh, you've heard about for a while, and uh, yeah. and we've been trying to manifest it, make it happen, and now it's here. Yeah, you're a persistent dude. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, and I think that's a. I, I hope that's a, a, a over a winning quality of mine. Absolutely. Dope, dope. Before we get really deep into it, I want to send a shout out to Smart Bites. We're recording at Smart Bites. Uh, it's a vegan restaurant. Not vegan entirely, but it's definitely a health food spot. It's a health food spot. Yeah. Health food. And uh, this, this, it goes right in hand in hand with the podcast. We talk eats. And we're talking, we're talking eats, beats, and brews here at Smart Bites. It's located at 791 Northwest 20th Street in Miami, Florida. 33127 uh, come check it out if you're in the area if you're looking for just some healthy food um, a change of pace from all that's out there uh, you get you know we're all bombarded and I'm sure we'll talk more about it later on but we're all bombarded by all these options that are kind of like same run of the mill this is different so uh, check them out make sure you do but back to skins okay skins like I said when I first met you um, we could take it back to the first time we met which was a very brief moment um, it was one of these jobs. I think we were just trying to trying to make some money, and uh, we we were working at a what they would call like a five and dime store. I guess it was what the hell was McFrugals. the name of the McFrugals? McFrugals, yes, yes. We were working at McFrugals at the time, um, out in NMB, and uh, 
I remember there was one early morning where you know you get a new job and then they'll ask you, hey, are you willing to do this? Are you willing to do that? And you just want to keep the job. So you're like, yeah, yeah, whatever. You know? Right, exactly. So like, all right, well, we have a shipment that comes in like a Thursday morning. You have to be here by 4.35 to unload the truck. Yeah. Damn, I wasn't expecting that to be the thing that I didn't want to do, but I have to. Right. So I said, all right, we did it. That morning, I meet Skins. At that time, it was Danny. It's like, oh, this is Danny. He showed up, ready to unload this truck. <laughs> it was like two minutes past, and I don't know where Danny went. That was the end of Danny's employment at McFrugal's. <laughs> Luckily, I wasn't the only other person unloading the truck, but I was like, where'd that other guy go? You know, I had a late night. Yeah. And uh, I wasn't feeling it. <laughs> Listen. And it didn't take much to push me over the edge. Okay. I this is, I'm not, this is, nah. Nah, this wasn't Yes. <laughs> Funny thing is, is that within that year, it had to be, maybe within that year, year and a half, hanging out a couple of friends, some of them who were performing at an event that following weekend, and, um, and he was staying not too far from me, and you pulled up to his house to bless him with some shirts from the clothing line. The Fat Skins clothing line. And then after that, um, how the hell did we... Oh, you were rooming with Rob Productions. That's right. You were rooming with Rob Productions, yeah, North Miami, shouts to Rob Productions. And then uh, we became even closer then. It was a place where I, I got Rob. I know Rob went to high school with him, and I, I'm cool with Danny. Bumped into him a couple times, and then you just... It took off from there. And we became crew. And we became crew. But what I want to get into is what happened before you met me. Which probably wasn't a lot, but how did the clothing line start? How did you uh, oh, wow. get how, into the clothing how did line? Fast start? Okay, so uh, you know, early '90s, '91. You know, I'm young. I'm 16. I'm a fan of hip hop. You know, I'm I'm uh, I'm studying the source like it's the Bible. Um, and there's a full, you know, favorite favorite group at the time was Ultra Magnetic MCs, mm. Four Horsemen. There's like a five-page expose in Source Magazine on on Ultramagnetic, and I'm you know I'm studying it like like I would, and the and Cool Keith is rocking a T-shirt in this in this photo, mm. and it's a Philly Blunt T-shirt, okay, by my boy Stash and Fuge from from Not for Concentrate. I didn't know them at the time, okay, um, and and this shirt struck me like I was highly impressed with a shirt because it was really simple. It's like, it, it, it was the logo of a cigar company rocked by an MC in a hip hop magazine. And, but I knew what was up with that because at the time, you know, we was cracking blunts and rolling blunts and Tampa Nuggets and yeah. Philly Blunt. And I'm like, oh, only somebody who knows would even get that. And I appreciated that kind of like undertone. Mm. So I was inspired by it. And um, a few weeks later, I'm hanging out with the crew and we're doing what we do. And uh, I'm lit, and my boy Mangu. Okay. I was hanging out with Mangu. Shouts to Mangu. For and, sure. Uh, you know, he reaches into his pocket and he pulls out a bottle of Visine, and he goes to, you know, drop a couple drops. And I kind of stop the show. I'm like, Yo, yo, hold up. Let me see that. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. You know, he hands me the bottle, and um, I'm like, Yo, I store. You know, I studied it for a second. I'm, yo, I'm gonna put this on a shirt. <laughs> and you know, Cass is kind of like, What? I'm like, no, no, this right here, Visine. I'm going to put this on the t-shirt. It's going to be dope. What? <laughs> and, uh, you know, I was working at Woolworth at the time, 425 an hour, mopping floors. And the next paycheck, I found a screen printer, yellow pages. There was no Google at that time. Yeah. And, uh, and I had a dozen printed up. 
and they were kind of wonky, you know, poor mm -hmm. quality at first. Mm -hmm. But yo, that weekend I went out to the beach. It was a KRS concert. KRS was performing at Cameo or one of these spots. I took the backpack of, of Visine t-shirts out there, sold out. Cats was feeling it, loving it. Wow. And so that was the very, that was kind of like, even before it was Fat Skins, it was just this one idea. Okay. Uh, kind of inspired by the, the Not From Concentrate joint. Dope. Yeah. Dope. And they, they took off. But just by you rocking the shirt, they're like, where'd you get that? And yeah, me and the whole crew. You know, my, my, you know, me and the boys were all rocking the Visine shirt. And, mm. and, and just like the, the Philly Brunt, Blunt shirt was impressed, impressed upon me, Cats saw the Visine and immediately got it, right? It was like one of those things. It clicked. Yeah. You know, it was like, oh shit, that's clever. And there was no flip to the label. It was just a straight. Really, really subtle. Like, I think okay. I flipped Visine was spelled with an S. I spelled it with a Z instead of takes the red out I put gets the red out yes, you know okay. so it's real subtle nod. just to avoid that cease and desist yeah, right. <laughs> right right dope dope so that kind of that kind of puts you in a place where you're like okay I, I um, I'm, a, I'm interested in making shirts and now I see that there is a, a demand for it if it's dope enough yeah for, for sure you know dude I'm 16 yeah um, I didn't even know what I was doing but you know, I was making shirts even before that, uh, not screen print. I mean, you know, even in high school, you know, I would take, I would get blank T-shirts yeah. and then put uh, physical items like on the shirt or letters, or I cut out things, lay them on a shirt, uh -huh. and then spray paint over that like a stencil. Okay. Peel stuff off. Yeah. And I would make shirts for the crew, like our little high school group, a little, you know, yeah. whatever. Like the people you was cool with. Cool yeah. with, yeah. So I was already just digging that as a medium of, of expression or communication. Um, yeah, so the Visine joint was the jump off, and then immediately, you know, almost instantly, people were like, "Yo, what's the name of your, your brand? What's the name of your company?" And again, I hadn't even wasn't even thinking in those terms. I was like, "Oh shit, I, I need a name." Damn, you're right. Oh, what's the name of my shit? And uh, I don't know exactly how it came, but you know, I had a homie at the time that that I was explaining to what the feel or the look or the vibe I was going for, and he drew he drew up the original sumo wrestler that, okay. is, that is now the the, the Fatskins or what became the Fatskins logo. And um, again, we was already using the vernacular fat as an yeah, expression of dope. Yeah, that was pretty cool. prominent. Yeah, long before it was spelled with a ph or, mm -hmm, or whatever, it mm -hmm. became a, a you know a crossover thing. Um, and so I, you know, the original fat skins was spelled you know original F A T. And then skins to me it was like outer, your outer layer, your outer, your, yes. you know, your skin. Yes. And uh, and it had an extra depth because I was a white boy in the hip hop scene, so skins and <laughs> yeah. it just worked. Fat skins, it just it, it, it happened. Dope, dope. Um, and so the second shirt I dropped was the logo. Sure. Yes, um, and again, people dug it, but it was it was more whimsical and funny and, and cutesy and whatever, and, mm -hmm. and and that wasn't me. But you know, I had to drop a logo shirt, yeah. um, and it was and and that and I started to realize I had an audience. I started to realize I had a voice, and and, and people were paying attention, and, and that's when I felt like yo, I, you know, if I got a voice, I got to say something of of, of importance, oh, no. of yeah. value, of mm -hmm. you know, commentary on 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 social, and. Um, and then the third joint was Step Out of Line. I don't know if you remember Step Out okay. of Line. Okay, yeah, that was, a, they had the picture of the, the, the riots down here in, uh, is that the one that had the? No, that was later. Step Out of Line was, uh, it was a photograph I got out of National Geographic of a crack hole in Harlem. So it was, an, it was. Oh, a, it's, the, it's the edifice. It was the, the picture of the building and it was kind of like from the street view. Yeah, it was, it was an aerial shot. It was like I said, somebody shot it from the fire escape or from the balcony down onto the street. Yeah. And there was a line around the block of people standing, waiting to get crack. And I simply put, step out of line. Wow. 
<laughs> wow. No, yeah. and I, I don't remember. See, I'm trying to remember. I remember the logo definitely. You had two variations. You had the one with the sumo and then the one where he was eating rice. Right. You had the, um, the one that was most don't understand, which yeah, was yeah. probably out of the National Geographic, yeah. where there was a young African boy. Uh, face covered with flies. Yeah. Um, I remember step out of line. That one I'm having a hard time bringing it back. But it was that, very early. But, in yeah. The, in the thing. Yeah. Dope. Dope. So, Faskins is moving. Um, that's working for you. Are you doing graph at the same time? No. Okay. Not really. I, I had a short stint with graph early pre Faskins. Okay. You know, I was 14, 15. I had gotten my first copy of uh, Subway Art. Subway art, okay. Somebody in the neighborhood had a copy. When an elder, an older kid in the neighborhood had a copy of Subway Art. Of course, I had seen, you know, little joints around the neighborhoods, Mosquito Bite. I live, I grew up, you know, on I 95 and 155th Street, mm -hmm. 54th Street. And um, so I was aware of, you know, I witnessed it, I saw it. The older kids in the neighborhood rock tagged. But when I saw this this book and I saw the, the pieces on the subway cars, it, it, it rocked me, it moved me. And so I had a short, you know, like a year or two run of like running around the neighborhood and climbing buildings and, and, and tagging. Okay. But it, it quickly transitioned into t-shirts as being a medium. And, and I didn't really have mentors in terms of teaching me writing at that time. Okay. So it didn't, didn't stick. So it was all DIY. There was no YouTube <laughs> that would teach nah, you how to, nah, no, no, how to put anything up, <laughs> fill-ins or all that other stuff. There was no... No, no, okay. that. None of that. So you focused on the shirts. So Faskins... Uh, for, for quite a while and then you ended up going into what was known as actual yeah some years later Faskins was like a seven eight year run okay which is a big deal in my life at that time right it, yeah like, it, it raised me yes right? formative years totally um, at some point you know Faskins it stopped doing it for me okay um, it didn't feel like it was a big enough container to express what I what I wanted to do, and I, I took a little hiatus from from the t-shirt thing altogether. Just you know, on the relationship tip, and mm -hmm. and um, I was doing artwork for other people, some you know, album cover design stuff. Uh, and and the name an actual came to life for me. Uh, it was a new name, and it bred new energy. It, it felt like the right container. Um, similar to Faskins was the acronym Applied Conscious Thought Used Against Lies. Used Against Lies, yeah. And um, yeah, and that became a whole new chapter. A whole new chapter. Yeah. Dope, dope. And then uh, that that took you pretty far in the sense where I remember we were talking about you had relocated right around the same time um, to New York. Well, well, I ended up getting a job um, driving motorhomes for the for the fashion industry. Okay. And that well, actually, just back up before that. So I ended up forging some relationships with some good brothers that I'm that I'm friends with to this day. Uh, through the uh, pro-am, the the, the, the b-boy pro-am, b-boy masters pro-am. Okay. Uh, a lot of homies of mine came down from New York and were here for that event. And okay. through my reputation with, with Faskins and Actual, I was able to make relationships with Wayne and Ked and, and, and these brothers. Um, these are graph legends. These are like heavyweights. These are yeah, yeah. Via Dash One Six Seven was, okay. was my was my intro to that world. Okay. Um, to those brothers. And so then I got the job with the motorhome company and that took me to New York for employment. All right. And uh, I needed a place to stay and I called my boy Wayne and he was like, yo, stay with me. And, and so I, I made a transition, to our start, I began making a transition to New York. I was, you know, 19 at the time and uh, this is, uh, is pre-9-11. Yeah. yeah, this had to be uh, 
wait, wait, really? Like 97, was it? 98? No, not that early. Huh? Uh, Bro, am I that much older than you are? No, but I, I, you know, I remember there was still a, 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 a B-Boy Masters Pro Am in 97 that I was here in town for. Yeah, okay. Still living on the beach. It wasn't until I moved to Winwood. No, you're right, you're with, right. Uh, yeah, okay. Aldo, and then, but you were 19 then. Yeah, yeah so like I got a, I got a couple more years. Okay. Yeah. See, I didn't move to New York immediately. It was like I went there for a season, right? Okay. For the summer. The, the film industry follows the weather, right? So in the summer, right, all the motorhomes and the whole industry is popping in New York. Mm -hmm. In the winter, it gets cold. They, they transition down here. So I, I essentially moved to New York for a summer. Okay. Came back to Miami for a winter. I went. That happened for three years. I would do the summer in, in New York, winter uh, in Miami. Ah, okay. okay. So it wasn't like immediate move. It was, yeah. it was a transition. Slow transition. Okay. Yeah. Dope, dope. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, everything everything you did, I was impressed by, and not just because we was cool from the start, but you did put out a lot of nice stuff with actual. There was the sneaker line, the sneaker collection. Um, you had, pretty creative was the fact that you had um, the color code, like the colorway codes. Oh, the kick color match. So that that way, which is funny, because now they have apps that oh. matches. You punch in the sneaker you have, and it'll tell you what color shirt to get. Really? Wow. Yeah, or vice okay. versa. Or right. yes, I think it's yeah. It starts off with the sneakers. You punch in the sneakers, and then it'll tell you what the color is. Or you're looking for a certain shirt to match. So, uh, I'm, you know, I don't doubt it. Yeah. <laughs> Snap for that. Way ahead of the game. Way ahead yeah. of the game. Um, so, I think next time we caught up, next time we caught up, you was on one of the visits down. Uh, you had a spot in the Miami River. Your, I think, Airbnb in a spot on Miami River. Right, right, right. right. And uh, you, we pulled up. And actually, for those who have been listening for like the last 31 episodes, 30, 31 episodes, um, the name of this podcast was Birth at one of those events. Right on. Uh, I haven't told this story yet, but um, this was you were you were renting out a spot uh, on the 17th Miami River. Yeah. Miami River, and uh, you invited everybody over people you hadn't seen in a while because you were within the travels so right. got a chance to get everybody over there and I remember you posted up just you know you doing your the propaganda thing <laughs> you put up a little flyer and you texted it out to everybody which is you didn't have to do you could text somebody and be like hey just come over right. but you know but you put together a flyer and then it says come through the address of the spot had an image I don't remember what the image was but then it says come through for bruise beats and eats and wow. uh, and and that like subconsciously just kind of like stayed with me I remember pulled up, had a good time. I remember those pictures of that night too. Um, uh, food, everything was there. There was music, there was food. We was drinking beers, so the trifecta was there. And um, and yeah, definitely that's like you know years later, that stayed in the recesses, recesses, but not too deep where right. it kind of like popped right, right back enough. up. And I was like, oh yeah, this is gonna be it. So that's what's up. <laughs> so skins. Skins is heavily yeah. involved without even realizing it, he's involved. I'm still waiting on my royalty checks. <laughs> I'm still waiting on a research and development department. I got no <laughs> I got no fact checkers. I got nobody working alongside me. Mm -hmm. But we make it happen though. Um, shortly after that, you, you went back to New York and I'm trying to I'm I'm skipping ahead here, but you went back to New York, you was up there for a while, and then you found yourself moving to New Mexico. Yeah, I mean that's some years later. That's a that's a twelve year jump. Okay. Right wow. Right from the from the time I I transitioned to New York to the time I moved, left New York is I was there for 11, 12 years. Okay. So yeah, so yeah, that happened. <laughs> and wait, and all the while you was doing actual, but there was what, after actual. No, you no, there was. A lot, I mean, obviously there was a lot of development in there. Um, actual went hard for a couple of years in New York. I made a name for myself. I was still working the motorhome job. Mm -hmm. uh, a friend of my my boy Ket was the creative director of Complex Magazine. 
Okay. And uh, which and is was, what they know as Complex.com now. Correct. Okay. Correct. So that yeah, eventually became .com. So uh, you know, through you know, I was pumping actual, and and Kat was getting me placed in the magazine, and you know, hooking it up with the stylist, and you know, anyway. Yeah. When he he that job eventually came to an end, and when he transitioned, he ended up landing at another at an urban denim company called Azuri Denim. Okay. And he needed a creative team. And uh, I didn't have a portfolio, but my actual apparel line served as my portfolio. My reputation of what I had done with that yes. brand locally uh, became the intro you know, into that job. So, so Kat hired me as the art director of Azuri Denim, and I proceeded to develop their uh, advertising campaign and I'll, I'll you know, do all the, you know, being art director. Yeah. Um, so hired the, the photographers, hired the models, hired the stylists, hired the whole team, put it all together. Wow. And developed this, this uh, the look and feel for Azuri and, and, you know, it was a huge success. Did that for like two and a half years. You know, we increased their bottom line. They love, you know, whatever. That, that was that era. Yeah. Um, and that be, kind of became my entry in, intro into designing for urban fashion companies in general. And so I did that for some years, just basically freelancing, kind of like a gun for hire. Okay. Bouncing around from different, you know, Echo and, uh, and Rockaware, et cetera, you know, just designing graphics and, okay. and coming up with verbiage and ideas for collections and um, just working as a freelance art director. That eventually transitioned into um, working more in the ad for advertising agencies, both boutique agencies and and um, developing creatives and campaigns for them. For okay. Numerous different projects. So, yeah, so that yeah. kind of fills in the gap a little bit there. Right. Uh, you end up traveling to New Mexico. You have to back up a little bit. Do I, okay, hey, listen, we got time. Go ahead. <laughs> well, towards this bus my has last, reversed. Towards, so we could throw it in reverse. The last few years in New York, I met my partner, um, Corey. I okay. for the people, my queen. Shouts to Corey. And uh, we ended up moving in together. We moved into a, a, an apartment in the Bronx. And for the first time in my adult life, I had a yard. And, in the Bronx. Uh, in the Bronx. Now you've lived Tiny. in South I mean, Florida. Yeah. <laughs> you lived in South Florida. Right. Couldn't find the yard. You go to the Bronx. And I got a yard. <laughs> and you got a yard. So go ahead. And uh, and the upstairs neighbor was like hardcore into juicing. Okay. And uh, we got to kicking it. Oh, and somebody gifted me a copy of the Square Foot Gardener, which is a, a, a really dope. If you don't know, a really dope gardening book. Really entry level. Okay. And uh, and that, that move, you know, I read the book cover to cover. It moved me. My upstairs neighbor and I decided to build a garden in the yard in okay. the Bronx, and uh, that was life changing for me. Uh, okay. Learning about plants and seeds and getting my fingers in the earth, and coming from hip hop where we talk so much about revolution mm. and uh, you know, and, and, you know, anti-establishment, mm. fuck the system, and da da da. Gardening for me was like. Uh, huge eye-opener of, of, of self-reliance yeah self, I was able to grow my own food um, there was nothing more liberating and more empowering man than, than that and so I already had that so that became the the motivation a part of one of the many motivations to move out of New York into New Mexico um, another was uh, you know my wife had gone and and gotten her teacher training for yoga okay and so yoga became part of our lives and uh, I was over, kind of getting over the advertising industry. Like, uh, you know, of course, I was proud of my abilities and to, to be creative and, and um, you know, even ego tripping a little bit. Uh, but ultimately, I was, I was conscientious of the fact that 
even though you know I was using my skills, my talent to convince people to buy crap that they don't need, mm. that's manufactured by slave labor to be sold to people who can barely afford it. Like I, I'm hyper aware of that reality. Okay. And so yeah, I'm cool, and I'm working for the ad agency. I'm in New York City. I'm making money, and I'm you know materialistic. But, but there was this other side that was aware that. That, that is, shit isn't cool and that shit isn't kosher and yeah and um and so I was looking for oh, something else something else to do in my life but in some other avenue or vein and um but I didn't want to forfeit my skills as a creative right I still wanted to be creative still had an eye for design but how can I use it for positive or for, or for change and so um you know searching the internet um my partner pointed out she's like yo you ever you see this you ever, you ever heard of permaculture I'm like, oh, what's that? And she forwarded me a link, and yo, I read about permaculture, and as a design science, and it, okay. and it changed my life, like rocked me, like okay. it was it. I was like, yo, this is yeah. it. This is, yo, this is me. This is what I want to do. And your partner knew you well enough to kind of send to that in your direction. Amen. Yeah. Because that's something that. Yeah. Give thanks. Yeah. Wow, wow. So permaculture. Give us a little bit about permaculture. Permaculture is a design science. Okay. Um, Who's, which his aim is to meet, uh, to serve human needs. Okay. Um, thing when I say serve human needs, I mean needs and not wants. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. yeah needs and not wants. Things like electricity, food, clothing, shelter, etc. Um, but in doing so, it aims to not not just not have little impact on the environment. It aims to actually uh, be regen regenerative. Okay. Give back to the environment. Okay. Which is, it, Completely counterintuitive to our, our current yeah, system. Yeah, the way things work now. Yeah, and so it, it's a design science based in, uh, in in nature, based in mimics the efficiency of nature. Okay. Um, and it and, and it's usually referred to or, or, or explained in reference to you know organic gardening, water capture, uh, solar energy, etc. Like all you know alternative, uh, th and, and and those things are all important and cool. Um, but but really, permaculture is a design science. It can be applied to any problem. Okay. Um, the founder of permaculture always says that the, the problems of the world are increasingly complex, while the solutions so remain simple. super simple. Wow. Yeah, and and so that's that's a permaculture motto. Anyway, permaculture rock my world. If you don't know about it, please look it up. I, I you know I highly implore you to. It's it's a game changer. It changed my life. Dope. Um, so that became the impetus the impetus to. To migrate to New Mexico, okay. Where our plan, my partner and I, our intentions were to um, open up, uh, start a, a bed and breakfast, a okay. play uh, that was that, that encompassed permaculture principles and yogic principles as a way to share with guests and teach guests and introduce guests to this kind of alternative, uh, environmentally conscious lifestyle. Okay, dope. Um, you can't. So now you're you're growing vegetables. You're uh, picking up yoga. Mm -hmm. <laughs> You're picking up yoga. Um, Ayurveda was already the thing there. Did, did yoga come first, or then, or Ayurveda came first? Yoga came first. Okay. Um, but Ayurveda was there. I mean, Ayurveda is in the text, in the yoga text. It was it was on the tongue, um, but not really aware fully of what it was. Um, and after being in in New Mexico for for a little bit of time, we discovered my partner just discovered that the biggest school in the country for Ayurveda was in New Mexico, was in our backyard. Wow. And uh, so my wife applied. She was open. She was she was hardcore on the yoga yeah. already. Yeah, yeah. 
And so she applied and got accepted and, and went. And uh, I was like, oh, dope, go for it. Yeah. I wasn't, wasn't there yet. I still had, I had, you know, I still had a business to run. I still had clients and, you know, design clients and creative stuff to do. And, um, yeah. Now, through the uh, Ayurvedic teachings, is that where you arrived at the Apana stool? Yes. Okay. Break down the Apana stool because I'm kind of mad that the Squatty Potty exists. <laughs> I'm kind of like, uh, you know, what happened there, you know? Right on, right on. So <laughs> the, the Apana stool is, uh, is just that. It's a stool uh, used that helps one uh, elevate their knees when they're... It helps them poop. It helps people poop. So now we're helping... At this point, we're helping people with their bowel movements <laughs> in the healthiest way possible, the most efficient way possible. Yeah, I love it. I love it. Yeah, I mean, um, Ayurveda is... It, so Ayurveda inspires a lot. Okay. And um, in Ayurveda, there is a concept called the Vayus. And the Vayus are the winds in our body. Essentially, the, the governing factors of, of energy and the, the direction in which energy is moving our body. Mm-hmm. There's many Vayus, but one of the Vayus is called Apana. Apana, okay. apana Vayu. And the Apana Vayu governs the downward and outward uh, energies in our body. Okay. And so it governs things like our digestive behavior for women it governs their menstrual cycle um, and childbirth Um, and so uh, I created a product a design a concept called the Apana stool um, to help again and I just to back up a little bit Ayurveda really focuses on digestive health digestive health health you know our our health is only as strong as our digestive capacity okay Um, health starts with digestion and so uh, for years you know ever since the advent of the western toilet which isn't really that long ago yeah um, we as a human species have been pooping all wrong yeah we've been sitting on a toilet which you know is comfortable but it's not ergonomic it's not the best thing for us when it comes to to eliminating our bowels okay Um, ideally we're you know humans were designed to squat yeah millions of years we've been squatting to poop yeah. And there's a reason, right? When you, when you are when you squat, when you're in a squatting position, you're, um, there's a, there's a muscle that tightens the colon, the and the rectum when you're standing, to essentially keep to keep the ending from falling, falling out. out. Correct. And when you squat, that muscle expands and relax relaxes, okay. and it allows you to have a full and complete bowel movement. When you sit on a toilet, that's not happening. You're not expand. You're not letting that muscle fully expand. Um, and so you're getting half-ass poops. Half, no half pun, at, no pun, no yeah. pun intended. Yes. Yeah. And so uh, you know, and so I created this stool, and it was kind of uh, spontaneous. Like, um, you know, one evening. Well, you know, for, I, let me back. So, for some period of time, I had been just simply pulling up the trash can in the bathroom or anything okay. I get my hands yeah. on, basically, yeah, yeah. right? I need to squat. Yeah. Toilet's too high. I need something. Let me get something on my feet. And I would put the trash can and, and the trash can would like fall over yeah. or like, you know, the cheap plastic would fold. Yeah, it would crumble. Itself. Yeah, it would bend. And so I'm like, yo, man, I'm, yo, I'm going to, I'm going to go, I'm going to make something. And so I went into the garage, busted out the tools, you know, kind of made something rudimentary, cut some wood, put some legs on it and then, you know, threw it, you know, cut a little circle off of the, for the toilet, yeah. threw, threw it in the bathroom and, uh, you know, super proud of myself, all excited, whatever. Hey, babe, check it out. You know, she's like, not really that impressed. She's like, cool, whatever, you know? Yeah. And that was that. And then, you know, some weeks later, she had a bunch of her friends, her uh, co-students, okay. over for like a study session yeah. from, from the Ayurvedic school. And uh, 
one of the girls went in and used the bathroom and she came out super excited. She's like, yo, where did you get that stool for the, in the bathroom? And she's like, oh, you know, my, my man made it, whatever. And she's like, I want one. <laughs> and then the, and my girl's like, yo, we got orders, babe, we got orders. <laughs> And so that that excited me, and so I, I proceeded to start designing and building uh, these these squatting stools that, that I call that I named the Apana stool. stool, and uh, they took off, and they were well received, and and I got into full scale production, ended up uh, partnering with a makerspace and designing them digitally on the computer. You know, it's it was fun. It was you know like a two year long uh, labor of love. So. Um, and then I, you know, I supplied them to the to the Ayurvedic school that we were going to. Okay. And so anytime yoga teachers or people would come through to the school, they would see them, and, and so I have an Etsy card where I sell them. And okay, yeah. oh, so they're still you yeah. can still make them. Yeah, All right, yeah, dope, still dope. yeah, man. Um, if you guys want to get your shit right, get your shit right. Yeah, you know, <laughs> we usually talk shit on this podcast, but not like this. Um, you gotta hit them on the Etsy. We'll give them the details before yeah, we wrap just, up uh, here. Aponastool.com. Aponastool.com. Check them out. I mean, it could it'll improve your life. It'll, Amen. it'll Amen. improve Absolutely. your life. I can't live without. I mean, now even when I travel, I've always got something. You know, yoga block or, or you know. Yeah. And if you don't want to buy an, you don't have to buy an Aponastool to get your shit right. You know, you can yeah. also build your own or, or make something or just get creative. Milk crate, yoga block. True. Yeah. True. Dope. Dope. All right. So we're going to jump ahead here now. Um, your Ayurvedic teachings. Now, at this point, Corey's passed. She's graduated from the Ayurvedic teachings. Uh, okay. so, so after my wife attended the first year of, this, of the Ayurvedic programming, I was so open or influenced by it, yeah. impressed by it. Um, she decided that she was going to attend a second year of the program, go on to the okay. second, second additional year. And I was like, yo, if you're going to do year two, I, I'm doing year one. Oh. Like... You're learning a whole new science, a whole mm. new language, a whole new way of lens, a whole new way of looking at the world. Um, I got to keep up. Like, this yeah. shit is dope. Like, this is, uh, you know, I had attended many of her, her study groups and, you know, we talk, you know, pillow talk. And so, you know, I was versed and I was reading her books as well as she was going through the program. So I was up on it. And I was like, so anyway, I committed myself to, to that, to taking the program. Um, upon, gra- when she graduated from the second year of the program, which was the, the uh, the school invited her to come on faculty as a teacher. Okay. So she went from student to teacher like overnight. Wow. Um, and she began teaching courses at the Ayurvedic school. And so that kept us in, in Albuquerque for another four or five years. We ended up with all, all told we were in, in New Mexico for six years. Okay. Um, at the end of which our teacher, Dr. Ladd, Dr. Vasant Ladd, uh, invited us to come to India where there's a sister school to the, to the Ayurvedic school in okay. New Mexico. There's a sister school uh, in India. And he invited us to come there to run and work at his Panchakarma facility at the, at the sister school in India. Okay. And, and we did that. So Panchakarma is known as the uh, five actions. Um, what, what do they mean when they say five actions? Well, Pancha means five. Karma means actions. Okay. Um, before I talk about the actions, Panchakarma is essentially uh, one of the most effective cleansing uh, means of cleansing. Means right? of cleansing yeah. in, in Ayurveda. It's, it's, it's one of Ayurveda's tools for uh, returning an individual to health. Okay. And it's a very rigorous and intense cleanse. Really? Yeah. Like, we're not just talking like somebody juicing for several days or somebody fasting with just water. Not even close. This, not Yeah, this is son of some other. No, this is um, typically a 21-day cleanse um, that involves 
a, a mono diet. It involves uh, drinking uh, copious amounts of ghee okay. to lo loosen the toxins ghee, in your the, body. The 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 butter fat, the melted yeah, cl butter, clarified butter, clarified butter. Is ghee. Okay, wow. Okay. So you, you drink ghee for a period of days leading up to the cleanse. Yeah. As a mechanism for um, loosening the toxins in your body, you're okay. literally lubricating the inside of your now body. Now your toxins have nowhere to latch onto if you're lubricating with Correct. the. Correct. Okay. Correct. And and simultaneously, you're you're using copious amounts of oil externally on the body. Okay. Through an Ayurvedic uh, style of massage called Abhyanga. Okay. Abhyanga is a two-person massage, four hands, that uses massive amounts of oil that that is literally lubricating. And, and, re and loosening toxins on the ex exterior of the body as well so these things are happening simultaneously two prong attack yes inside outside correct and so those are two of the five actions right and then um and then you in addition you're eating a mono diet the entire time uh mostly comprised of a dish called kitchari which is an, an ancient uh well ayurvedic and indian dish that is uh comprised of dal Okay. Or mung beans, really well well cooked. Mung, mung, mung beans and rice mostly, and then thoroughly, thoroughly uh, cooked with a series of Ayurvedic spices that make the dish really easily uh, digestible. Okay. And so that's your diet. Morning breakfast. Twenty one yeah. days. Yeah. And then these ex a series of serious of therapies. Uh, therapies. Right. Uh, Abhyanga is one that I mentioned. Shirodara is another. Okay. Um, and again, it depends on the person's constitution and it depends on what they're really trying to treat. You might tailor this cleanse. Um, you might spice the kitchari differently. You might do more amyanga or less. You might use a different type of oil. Okay. Um, there's a whole science there yeah. based on one's doshas and the elements. And Dope. It's so, so, so picking up all this knowledge while you're traveling through India, it wasn't enough. You had to bring some of what you had come to know at the same time, it's kind of like each one teach one, we share knowledge. You got into actually helping a community, the, the school, I imagine, start their own, or implement their own uh, waste management system. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, well, you know, I can't help myself. Okay. Um, you know, so we, 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 we travel to India, we go and work at this, this, this facility, mm -hmm. um, which is mostly focused on Ayurvedic therapies and Ayurvedic treatments and, you know, consultation, et cetera. But, uh, you know, I, I've got the composting background, the permaculture background, and, and um, you know, we, it's, it's a, we're living there in India for three months um, at this ashram. It's in rural India. And, uh, you know, I'm hypersensitive to our waste. I'm hypersensitive yeah. to waste in general. It bothers me. Mm -hmm. um, and so I proceed to, you know, kind of design and implement uh, a sustainable waste management program there at the ashram. You know, it was just pro bono, like, you know, I'm going for it. Like, I'm, yeah. I'm doing it anyway. I'm here anyway. I'm living yeah. here anywhere. I'm, I'm working as a, as a, as a therapist. Um, and... Uh, yeah, so I, I teach the local Indian guys who are, are kind of running the waste management okay. about compost. I translate com all the composting uh, rules into their local uh, dialect, dialect, which is Marathi. Okay. And so I do all this research and, and design these like you know composting signs in Marathi, and I, you know I take them out in the field. We dig a big pit and both you know the whole protocol. It's and, and design all this cool signage and. It was fun. It was fun, and, and you know, and not only do the locals learn, but also the, the visiting guests. People were coming Come there to get therapies, and, and you know, 
there's there's sustainable waste management. Dope, dope. <laughs> Listen, um, you gave me more than I would have ever, you know what I'm saying, could ask for. Um, there's oh, a lot Thank of wealth you. in there. Um, just through our relationship and seeing you where you're at now and seeing what you're accomplishing. I mean, you're traveling, you're doing, you're bringing you to every place that's taught you something, it seems like. And that's a Absolutely, dope concept, man. man. Absolutely, man. If, you know, if you're not growing, you're dying. True. And, uh, and, if you're not, and if you're comfortable, you're not growing. Don't waste the water in the sun. <laughs> right? No, man. They're, I mean, you know, they're they're, they're infinite they're, and they're here, and I can't say enough about it, man. Well, you know, just self-reflection. I, yeah. you know, I implore everybody. A lot of people um, have this vision or view or hope that that technology is somehow going to save us. Mm. And while I, I I embrace you know green technology and and um, and love it, and I, I, I don't believe that it's going to be our savior. I wholeheartedly believe that we need to take personal responsibility. Yeah. And the only way we're gonna save this planet is to part participate. Yeah. To change our personal behavior. Sure. Um, to you know, from from that concept of me to the concept of we. Yeah. Right. It's okay. a, EOTO, each one teach one. Each one teach one. Yeah. Yes, sir. And we're teaching here. And uh, Danny says he, he can't speak enough about it. So we're going to keep him talking. But first, we're going to wrap up this segment. Um, Skins, where they can find you? Where can they find inf more information like this? Um, uh, these days, the best way is Instagram, uh, which is my Instagram handle is Skinstagram. S K I N Z to Graham. And yeah, hit me up on the DM. Dannyskins.com is out there. LinkedIn, you know all the all the typical social media platforms. A quick Google, we'll uh, we'll take you there. Dope, dope. Stick around, Danny, man. We still got some <laughs> more of the podcast. I know we 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 hit them heavy with it, but it's this is a it's right a on. lot of, very informative. So and I appreciate you taking the no, time. Thank you, Ed. Let's get into this next one. Bruce Beast and Easter podcast. I got skins with me still. Right on. and Easter podcast uh, we have reached the breeze the breeze the best the best portion we have reached the bruise portion of bruise beats and eats this is where uh, skins um, shout to uh, Miami data uh, emergency response services I hope they make it all right uh, <laughs> but this is what we do here Skins, I got Skins with me. He's still here with me. We heard him talk. We heard him tell his story, share his story, uh, and I'm sure he worked up a thirst. So here, this is where I offer four beers. We're gonna go left to right. Um, Old as, head Ed with the spread. But yes, yes, <laughs> that's what I'm talking about. Yeah, man, this is fun right here. Okay, dope. I, most people kind of like uh, really come around to this uh, this portion here. They're like, oh wait, there's beers involved. I was telling somebody recently where. Uh, you know, I tell people about my podcast, so on and so forth. Then they're like, okay, yeah, yeah. And then the, the moment that I mention, like, oh, yeah, and by the way, you get to drink beers. And they're like, yes, sign me up. Yeah, I have a suggestion, man. I, okay. I think, I think that you should do the beers thing at the beginning of the podcast. Okay. Especially for cats like me that are a little uncomfortable on the mic. Ah. You know what I mean? Loosen up. Lo loosen it up early, you know. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's not, a, that's not a bad technique. That's not a bad technique. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I have to take that into consideration. <laughs> Still, so let's not delay it anymore. Let's get loose. 
Um, the first beer I'm gonna have you try, it's uh, from Miami Brewing Company. It's their uh, Shark Bait, which is their uh, American Pale Wheat Ale. It's a mango wheat ale. Okay. It clocks in at a 5.3. Whenever you're ready, fire it off. Uh, brewed here in Florida. It smells good. Okay. Oh, wow. Wow, it's like sweet, floral. It's a little like a fruity. Okay. Damn, it's got a little like cough syrup aftertaste. <laughs> See, you know, some people consider beer medicine. Yeah, I mean, absolutely, beer is medicine, right? It's a it's a diuretic. Yeah. And it's uh, it also kindles one's digestive fire. There you go. Right? I mean, everything is medicine. It's true. And everything is poison. Ah. Just, just depends on how much and for whom and for when and when. It makes the most sense. Yeah. So I know can... that there's. I've been told before that um, um, it helps blood flow sometimes as well like uh, I, I, a friend a uh, close friend of mine um, suffered a stroke years ago minor nothing nothing crazy thankfully you know um, and uh, he was doing some yard work apparently or helping out at uh, his uh, daughter's house and whatnot with his son-in-law and um, wasn't feeling well ended up at the hospital for a couple of days everything thank God worked out um, nothing major um, but they did say if you would have had a beer yeah Dilate. It and, and it's heating to the system, so it gets things flowing, raises the blood pressure a little bit. There you go. Yeah, man. Pro um, like you said, everything has healing and... Everything and, is medicine, everything is poison. Yep. It just depends on how much and for whom. True, true. <laughs> I like that. I like that. Um, yeah, even water, right? can be poison if you drink too much. Yes, there is water poison. I didn't know that was a thing. Water poisoning yeah, is a absolutely. thing. Absolutely. Absolutely. That is wild. That is wild. So, so you know, I'm not a huge beer uh, drinker. I mean, I do enjoy okay. beer now and again, um, but I'm picky and I've got my my go-tos. Okay. Um, I'm typically not a fan of IPAs. This, you said this is a. Let me see the. Can I see the bottle? Uh, yeah, yeah. That's, that's right. Shark name. bait. I mean, I love. Uh, you know, first of all, I love that it's local. Yeah. Number one, right? Yeah. I'm always gonna lean towards local selection. Whether it's vegetables or beer. Okay. And then I love that it's in a can because it's more easily recycled. Okay. Okay. <laughs> There's levels to this. <laughs> um, I think I'm always impressed with with the flavors that people can pull out of beers these days. The, the micro brewing industry. Yeah. Um, so I think it's impressive. It's flavorful. I like it. It's, it's cool to my. It's good to my palate. I wouldn't necessarily drink it. Okay. Like, um, it's a little desserty. Mm -hmm. You know, and, and like chocolate cake, where you might love some chocolate cake, you might take a bite of chocolate cake. I wouldn't really drink, you know, spend an afternoon eating chocolate, chocolate cake. cake. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. So, um, but it's impressive. Dope, dope. Well, let's get into that next one. That next one is uh, from the Kirin Brewing Company, Brewery Company. It's Kirin Ichiban. It's their American uh, lager. This is a. Japanese Japanese joint. Yes, yeah. sir. So lager is my game. I like Okay. All general. right. This is the wheelhouse here. Uh, that one clocks in at a 5% ABV. Yeah. So I, th this is me right here. I'll drink this all day. Okay. I mean, not all day because I don't drink all day. All day. But, but <laughs> when I drink, I, I prefer lagers. Lagers. Particularly this kind of like classic. They're okay. easy. They're smooth. They're, you know, you can, they're a drinking beer. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it doesn't doesn't weigh you down. It's not something that you, it lingers. It's not trying too hard yeah. to be something. It's okay. Just good clean beer. You said you, you mentioned the word picky. Now I remember early on mm -hmm. in our younger days, mm -hmm. 
<laughs> I remember one evening in, evening in particular where we were we got busy with quartz. Okay. And uh, we were drinking quartz, and I'm sure if it was either like a Red Bull or a Blue Bull yeah, or yeah. something along the lines of that, we... poolside, and, and we got to the point where we ran through a couple, and it was like, what's up with the next? <laughs> and that became the catchphrase, just like, yo, what's, what's up, up with, with the, the next, next beer? What's up with the next? X to the next. Um, I know you have earlier beer memories than that. What's an early beer memory? Oh, wow. Um, maybe the first time you tasted one, maybe the first time you enjoyed one, because tasting and enjoying are two different things. Well, what if I tell you about what beer does, an early memory that beer takes me to? Okay. So, uh, growing up as, I grew up as a, uh, I grew up on a canal in North Miami. And uh, my uncles were into water skiing. Okay. And every week, and, and our house, my grandparents' house, was the only house on the block that had a boat ramp. Access to this. So every Saturday morning, my uncles, all their friends would come to, to our house to launch their boats okay. onto the canal and go out, and they would go out to the lake and they would go water skiing. So as a young youngster, I was always, you know, the pipsqueak trying to tag along and beg, oh, I want to go on a boat, I want to go boat. So I, I got to tag along often and learn, I got learned how to water ski when I was very young and, and we would hang out at the beach and, and they all drink beer. Yeah. And... The smell, I mean, I was too young to drink, Yeah. but the smell of the beer, that was my first, you know, the olfactory is the strongest, directly connected to the memory. Okay. And uh, so whenever I crack a beer, particularly like a Corona or something that was drank around, you know, Budweiser or mm -hmm. whatever was drank around that time, um, it takes me to being on a lake. Wow. It takes me to water skiing as a kid and being on that beach on the lake. Like it's just, it's just, so it's not necessarily my first beer memory, but it's yeah. where beer, the memory that the beer, beer. Will, the smell will invoke. Okay. Um, and they say we're not capable of time travel. Yo. Think about believe, it. Believe, think again. Yeah. <laughs> serious, <laughs> serious. Dope. We can go there. Let's, uh, <laughs> I, I have a feeling that was going to stick around. You can hold on to that one, but let's get into this next one. Right. This next one is uh, Cigar City's High Ally. It's an IPA. Okay. I know we touched on the fact that you're not big on IPAs. Um, this is their American IPA. It carries a little weight because it comes at a 7.5%. So it's definitely a jump from the 5 and the 5.3 prior. More bang for your buck. Also, yes. Also uh, brewed here in Florida. And yeah, that's pretty much the sentiment. A lot of people say, yeah, I drink this because it gets me there with less beers, mm -hmm. which is a good strategy. Mm -hmm. um, wow. That's got some punch. Okay. Yeah, it's tasty. Um, and again, I'm not really a fan of IPAs in general, but this one isn't too strong in terms of taste. Okay. It's got some punch in terms of the alcohol, heat to yeah. it. Yeah. Um, but the taste isn't over overbearing. Overbearing. I mean, it's, it, yeah, it's cool. Dope. Okay. Cool. <laughs> cool. Hey, we're learning. We're learning and we're learning. <laughs> dope, dope. Which brings us, which brings us to our fourth and final beer. Um, you mentioned, you know, the sweetness of the mango wheat. You're like, yeah, more like a dessert chocolate cake. <laughs> right, I think right. this might take you over the uh, dessert edge here. Uh -oh. This is a Terrapin Beer Company's Liquid Bliss. It's an American porter. Um, it has uh, yeah, a little heavier, and it has. Uh, you you let me know what you taste in it. I give them props for the name. Liquid Terrapin Bliss. Liquid Bliss. Liquid Bliss. Yeah. Yeah. All right, let's dive in. That's 6.1%. Wow, that just smells like coffee. <laughs> Brewed in Georgia. Yo, it's like a root beer almost. It's like a coffee root beer. It, yeah, it has a consistency. That's probably why I like it. 
I bet you there's some birch in there. Or, okay. Uh, some of the similar ingredients in the anise or anise? Is it anise or yeah, anise? Yeah, anise. Yeah. Yeah, it's. I mean, again, yo, it's tasty. It's impressive. I wouldn't drink it. Yeah. You know, I mean, okay. I would taste it like we're doing now. Yes. And enjoy, be like, oh, that's dope. That's cool. You know, yeah. whatever. Um, but it wouldn't be. It wouldn't be my go-to beer of choice. Okay. Like some, they got some fly packaging though. It does, yeah. That's one thing about these uh, the small batch craft beers. Uh, they really work on the art. It's no, it's not, they don't just throw a sticker on it and be like, ta-da, simplicity. Sure. You know, it's pretty dope. Um, before before we get the uh, one through four here, you touched on uh, recycling. Cans are better than uh, glass. Give a little bit of... Well, yeah, yes and no. I mean, glass actually is the most readily recyclable material in, in the game okay um however many there's, there's a few caveats many of many cities don't recycle glass because it's a liability mm. um you know if it breaks it's sharp and yeah. so people can get hurt um it's also expensive to recycle okay. uh, the the machinery required to grind it and then there's not a lot of aftermarket for it um, ideally, reuse would be the best format for you, yeah. know, like a take-back program, like a, like the old school, like deposit, you know, bottle okay. deposits. Okay. Um, and so, in, th- in this day and age, more more often than not, uh, aluminum is cheap, readily readily recyclable. Most cities have aluminum as well, you know an option for recycling. Yeah. Um, and so I've noticed a lot of the small batch craft brews are going with aluminum cans as their as their source. Yeah. Um, and I particularly am a fan of of how when they when they print the graphic directly onto the aluminum like this yeah versus some of these guys are doing wraps okay like sticker wraps or or vinyl they're wrapping the can yeah and that just creates more waste that's creating contamination right because the 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 can is recyclable but the plastic or the vinyl wrap is not so now you you add another step as to separating the wrap from the which which doesn't really happen and so it's just as waste wow so, you know, I did, the best thing to do would be a growler. A growler. Right. Hit up your local brewery, support your local brewery, get take a growler, reduce your waste. You know what I mean? Science. Yes. I like that. <laughs> so let's not, let's waste no more time. Speaking of waste, yeah. let's get a little ranking system here, one through four. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the uh, the Ibachiban is uh, is definitely my number one. Kieran's up there. Okay. Yeah, because it's a clean, nice, clean, simple lager. I mean, that would be my go-to first yeah. choice. Okay. The uh, the second would be the, the first one we tried the, the shark, shark bait, bait. just because it was an impressive a taste that I hadn't really tasted before. Okay. Um. Yeah, the pale ale would be three, and and certainly the uh, highlight the, the, the and then the liquid bliss by Terrapin. Yeah, the chocolate joint is, is definitely on the low, the number four. Okay. This is not only chocolate. This is peanut butter. It's got butter. peanut butter in it too. Good lord, man. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I had eyes. We don't have any peanut allergies. Yes, <laughs> no, sir. Dope, dope. Daddy, man, you went through the four beers. You tasted them. You gave us your opinion. We've done everything we had to do on this side. We'll see everybody on the other side. We'll talk music. Right Boom. on. Bruce Beats and Easter Podcast. Bruce Beats and Eats, this is the podcast, and we've reached the Beats portion of the podcast. This is where we get into our guests' musical tastes, um, what they're listening to at the moment, um, favorite songs, what have you. Um, Maybe uh, this time around, songs that also help with just one's being. 
but let's start with the hip hop because <laughs> that's where uh, that's uh, that was kind of like a mainstay when we first met. So, um, Skins, um, what hip hop are you listening to nowadays? I'm not. You're not. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm certainly a fan and 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 diehard hip hop head. Mm-hmm. Um, lately, with the travel and with my activities, music unfortunately, music has has taken a back seat. Okay. I mean, I still. I still throw on music now and again, but uh, I've gotten lazy. Okay. And uh, you know, I couldn't. I, I don't know that I could riddle off names. Yeah. Of who I'm currently listening to right now. Okay. Um, at least not in the last six months or so. Yeah. Just because the travels have been crazy. Um, I'm listening a lot to a lot of talks. I'm okay. Listening to a lot of Kirtan music. I'm listening to a lot of uh, spiritual. Uh, Sonic waves and you know like uh, raising vibration, mm. you know type stuff, tuning forks and okay, this kind of stuff. Um, you know, if I if I wanted to riddle riddle off some fairly recent names, you yeah. know, I'm a fan. I, I love J, J Electronica stuff. Okay, still waiting on that album. Yes, uh, you know Yasmin Bay, of course. Is, okay. you know forever. Um, at least on the, in the hip hop realm. Um, yeah, I'm kind of drawing a blank right now. Okay. So, what's something you used to listen to that maybe finds its way back into uh, that you still kind of keep on rotation? Something that you you know you throw on that kind of teleports you. Mm, well, you know, as I mentioned at the beginning of the podcast, my favorite album of all time, Organized Confusion, The Extinction Agenda. Yeah. Um, you know, I could throw that on any time and, yeah. and like and time travel. Yeah. Um, you know, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a '90s baby. You know, so I'm I'm a fan of the golden era, man. A lot of stuff fits in the mold. '92 was my year. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and on. But you know, I can only listen to that stuff for so long. Okay. You know, uh, you know, it's in rotation. Yeah. Um, but it can, you know, and, and sometimes when I'm looking for that for that groove, that creative groove, or that sort that that mood or that motivation, I'll throw on a on a, a classic hip hop mix. Um, I listen to a lot of DJ classic. Dope, yeah. Mick, Mick, you know, he, he sends whenever he drops a new mix, he sends it yeah. to me. So, so I, you know, that's my man, and, and uh, he does the homework for me. And yes. so, I, you know, yes. he, I've got you know every mix he's ever done since the beginning of time, and, and that shit's always all of those all those mixes are on cue. Yeah. Um, but yeah, my, my, my playlist consists of like Fela Kute, okay, Kirtan, and classic hip hop. Yeah, which. Which Fela Kute has a, I mean, along with James Brown and, and Stevie and a lot of the soul stuff, it has a, uh, it has a, a heavy influence on hip hop anyway. So one way or the other. I think the key word there is soul. Yeah. You know, I'll listen to anything with soul. Okay. Which is, you know. Reaches out to the soul, touches the soul, improves absolutely. the soul. Yes. So I wonder if there's, um, I wonder if anybody's used, if you notice if anybody's used, implemented maybe um, tuning forks or anything with like the vibrations into their songs. Absolutely. Yeah. Tons of people. Okay. Yeah, it's a thing. Okay. Yeah, that's. I mean, you know, our, our man uh, Opus. Ah. Uh, right. Yeah. He's doing sound, it. Yeah. Sound, sound is a science. And the, the healing is... properties of sound. Shouts Amen. to Magnum O, Bruce Beats and Eats alumni. Right on. For sure. For sure. Yeah. The and it's it's wild that um. I know I've spoken to him before about it where he's like, yeah, and then certain sounds have colors and certain colors are conducive to well-being. And uh, it's Chakra therapy. Yeah, it's deep. Yeah, it's deep. Opus the dopest. Opus the dopest. (laughs) Word, word. Uh, 
I'm gonna take a, take a second here. I'm gonna play a song for you. Okay. And then we'll come back and get your opinion on the other side. You sure. down? Yeah. All right. Hold tight. Yes, sir. That was uh, Raka Ira Science featuring Karis One off of the uh, Crown of Thorns album. And that song's called Human Nature. Um, now Breathe. And it's, it's funny, I know uh, last time, well, actually, <laughs> the funny thing, before we, I get your opinion on the song, I want to share the fact that um, a couple days ago, days ago yesterday, when we were trying to get this thing together, I'm like, yo, Danny, and I, and I got this going on, and I this, but I want to check you before you leave, and then you're like, you hit me with the, all right, just breathe. Just breathe. And then afterwards, I was like, I was like, man, I wonder, you know, being caught up in this, like trying to get things done and this and that can be counterintuitive sometimes because it's like when you're working out, you're sitting there working out and at times you'll forget to breathe. Absolutely. And then that has the effect of where you could quite possibly pass out because you didn't breathe. Yeah. And so that's yeah, why I, think, I was like. I think, you know, we, we forget to breathe all the time mm-hmm. and breathe, breath is life. Yeah. And uh, we can control our thoughts and our emotions with our breath. And so uh, the, the more often we can bring our attention to it, the more we can, you know, master ourselves. Breath is key. That's it. So, uh, you know, shouts to Raka, man. All right. Talking my language. Yes. <laughs> and, 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 you know, knowledge reigns supreme, man. Brother Chris, uh, you know, you played a great track for me. I mean, I'll be looking that up. After the Dope. podcast, I'll Excellent. be downloading Excellent. that joint right there. Yeah. Yeah. Now, now I'm gonna look out for when I now from now on when I listen to songs, I'm look out for songs that kind of have a, um, which I'm sure there's a bunch of them. I just can't think of them right now, but that have kind of like a, 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 a vibe where it's kind of. Um, I mean, we've always listened to self improvement, conscious rap, which that's that's what they called it. Um, just you were just socially aware, I think. So we've always done that, but now I'm kind of gonna look in, look into songs for like sounds. Or stuff that might for vibrations. Yes, we want to raise the vibration, so, so it could be conscientious content. Yeah, or not. Yeah, as long as it raises the vibration. So, cool. Yeah, Danny. <laughs> there's only one thing left to do. What's that? At his talk food. Oh yeah. So stick around, Bruce Beast and Easter podcast. We'll see y'all on the other side. Right on. Yeah. Bruce Beats and Easter Podcast. We've reached the pinnacle. The uh, we're, we're rounding third, heading home. This is the last segment. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is the eat segment. This is the, the segment where I ask my guest. Um, actually, when we get into my guest's um, taste when it comes to food. We, we heard musical taste. We heard beer taste. Now we talk about food. Um, Danny, uh, you've gone through a change through, uh, through food. Absolutely, um, yeah. But you were probably one of the first people that I remember that would put me on to stuff that wasn't your typical, like, what every 17, 18-year-old eats, which is, like, the first spot they pull up to, drive through, so on and so forth. I remember for a while you were, like, rotis. You, know, you get a rotis. Christine's yeah. Rotis Shop. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Sixth Ave and 167th. And I had no idea what that was. I had no interest in eating a roti. I was like, I don't know what that is. Do they do they have it at McDonald's? Nah, I don't want it. Right. Um, and then years down the line, here I am eating rotis. Um, what was the other one? Oh, the other one was, uh, I remember speaking of McDonald's, I remember times when we'd pull up to McDonald's or we'd, we'd grab an order. 
and uh, you would ask for a, uh, which I thought it was like, they're going to laugh at me when I pull up and ask for this, uh, the filet of fish but set up like a quarter pounder with cheese. You remember that? <laughs> yeah, I remember that. I, I mean, that's the first time I heard about that since then. <laughs> that's that's pretty crazy. I remember doing that though. That was that was a thing. <laughs> and I was like, you sure they ain't gonna laugh? Like they're gonna say, get the hell out of here. What are you talking I, about? You, you know, I wanted all the tastes of the of the quarter pounder, but I, I didn't want the beef. Yeah. And, f- and at that time, I felt the fish was was a healthier option, but I, I still wanted the pickles and the ketchup. And, yeah. 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 You know, Okay. I still want the pickles and the ketchup. So. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, pickles and ketchup that you produce yourself. Ho- uh, pr- preferably, preferably that is not always an option when I'm on the move like I yeah. am these days. Um, you know, or- organic is best, local is best. Um, I can't, I can't lie and say that I'm 100% always on on that. You know, mm-hmm. um, but as much as possible, absolutely. Dope. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Excellent. That is that is I yes. or us or you're here. Perfect you actually, timing. If you don't mind, can you put them over on this table? Excellent. Yeah. I told y'all we're at Smart Bites. We're talking eats, and then the eats arrive. Um, so we're gonna kind of breeze through this real quick. Right. The ending. The ending is just the beginning. It's true. It's true. <laughs> that is so dope. Uh, so what are you eating nowadays? Or what's your go-to meal nowadays? Something uh, that always calls your attention. Mm. Anything vegan. Um, no animal products. Okay. Uh, a preferred meal. You know, it's always it's always a, a protein. Um, you know, as many vegetables as possible. I usually, you know, do a I try and hack the menu and get as much nutrient dense. Oh, so you still have that habit? Absolutely. Of hacking the menu. Just oh yeah, change yeah, it yeah. Up. I'm the waiter's worst worst <laughs> uh, enemy. You know. Yeah, I, I don't know if I can say a specific go-to meal. Okay. Um, certainly a lot of beans, a lot of lot of uh, mushrooms. Always just always just veg, you know, veggie heavy. Yeah. Um, I try and get as many colors on the plate as possible. Okay. Um, I try and avoid the starches, not too much tofu. Um, yeah, pure purely plant-based. Okay. No, yeah. and it's funny because nowadays there's so much stuff that could. Uh, there's so many vegetables you could use to replicate um, uh, meat products. Like a mushroom could be a steak. Sure, uh, sure, sure. Yeah. I think walnuts could turn into a burger. Absolutely. Um, it's it's wild. Yeah, no, the options, options. are endless, and, and creativity is endless. So, uh, you know, no excuses. No. Do you? I mean, you, of course, you prepare. You grow it. You prepare it. Um, you get busy in the kitchen. I get busy in the kitchen. Okay. Something you um, like to whip up. Spaghetti is a favorite. Okay. A veg, you know, massive veggie spaghetti is is a favorite. Um, but anything, man, sauteed vegetables. My, my, you know, my partner is really the chef. Okay. Um, so we got the wrong person on the podcast. <laughs> you know, I wouldn't go so far as to say that, but uh, but she's definitely worthy. Okay. Dope, dope. We got to get Corey on here next time. Absolutely. Yeah, that would be great. Okay. Uh, pasta? Are you talking like like a zucchini squash? I mean, a spaghetti squash or Spag- something like that? Sure, spaghetti next? squash. Okay. Yeah. Dope. And the protein in there would be what'd you throw in there for protein? Uh, well, you know, broccoli is massive in protein. Okay. People underestimate broccoli. I am and one. It's par par for par. With I mean, me. I eat it, but I don't realize that there's protein properties in it. Now I yeah, know. Yeah. And I think protein is overrated. Okay. I mean, there's this there's this huge emphasis on oh yo I don't get, you know I don't get enough protein and I think that our our diets are way way more protein than we actually need. Okay. 
And so it's a, it's a little bit of a misnomer mm. that eating vegan is, uh, you won't get protein. Lack of protein. Yeah. Dope. Um, before I let you go, I always have this joke, oh, you're vegetarian. You like carrot cake? That's like my moment on the podcast. Okay. <laughs> but um, are you into <laughs> sweets at all? Are you into sweets? Yeah, Cakes? you know, like anybody, yeah. I mean, I, I dig some sweets. Um, if they're there, I'll eat them. Okay. I, I try not to go out of my way to seek them. Okay. Um, if wifey brings home, you know, some cookies, they won't last two days. But then there might not be cookies in the crib for weeks. Yeah. Vegan cookies, it trips me out. Um, it trips me out because there's been moments where I pulled up to a vegan restaurant and they had cookies and I, I want a cookie. Of course, there's no egg. You know if it's vegan, you can have more. I, you know what? I'm going to convince myself that next time. I'll be like, no, it's fine. Danny said it was great. You know, and I'm just going to put the cookies in my mouth. Um but uh, they're really good. I mean, considering that they don't have eggs. Eggs, yeah. Um, there's no... Um, d- does uh, flour go through a boning process as well? A boning process? Yeah. Not like, familiar. A boning... Well, I've heard that like sugar people... Uh, vegans don't eat sugar because it goes through a boning process. I guess it's filtered through Yo, some type that's... of material. I got to put you on a slug. Slug, yeah. He's about Shouts it. Shouts to Slug, yeah. He, he put he's me on to... He's the infused colonist. Right. I uh, had him on a while back, and uh, he's everything's in, you know, oils infused, and but uh, he said it. he's like no sugar because it goes through a boning process. Now I'm it. starting to wonder if flour does the same thing. But I love it. I'm not familiar if flour goes through the same thing. Okay. Um, in fact, probably it's probably good for the to say, state for the record that I'm not a hundred percent vegan as per the you know the uh, the guidelines, the Cyclopedia or Wikipedia version of vegan. Okay. Um, I'm what some people like to call a vegan. Right. All right, break that down. This is new to me. So I, I, I consume ghee. Okay. Going back occasionally, to and I consume honey. Okay. Which, which the strict vegans would be like, nah, we don't get down with honey because honey's an animal. Wow. Yeah. Wow. So those are those are two two ingredients that are exceptions to the rule in my okay. in my world. Dope. Yeah. Danny, <laughs> skins, you did it, man. You made it. Ed, I know I put you, you through the pressure cooker. Yes, sir. You made it out on the other side just fine. It's all I appreciate you making the time. I'm glad we made this happen before you went on your next voyage. Yeah, man. Uh, on your next uh, experience, yes. which, which I admire, man. It's, it's a beautiful thing. Thank you, brother. Um, that's, there's really nothing else for me to say, but um, that was it. Bruce I want to see, see you in Hawaii. You know what? I want to see myself in Hawaii, too. See, we put it out there. It's not, it's not, it's not about might. Let's it's make about it happen. Let's happen. make it happen. Dope. Yeah. And there it is. Bruce Beats and Easter Podcast. As Peace. always, I'd like to thank my guests, Skins, for taking the time sitting down and talking it up with me. I'd like to thank the listeners for tuning in. The studio audience is in the house. <laughs> First time for everything. Uh, if you enjoyed what you heard, tell a friend. If you didn't enjoy it, tell an enemy. Tell somebody. If they're into podcasts, tell them it's on all the platforms. You can keep up with me on Instagram at Bruce Beats, the letter N Eats. Uh, same goes for Twitter, despite that I don't know what to do with Twitter. Um, the Gmail is the same. I'd love to hear from you. Uh, recommendations, beers, places to eat, music, whatever you have. Hit me with it. Uh, DM me. Um, and that's a wrap. I'm still O'Head Ed. Skins, thanks for coming through. Peace, peace. I'm out.